that probably work. S the D. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait a minute. S the D. <laughs> oh, no. S that veiny D. Savage. Split that throbbing difference. Savage. Uh, yes, I guess we've already begun, because we can't not have S that D be the first thing that rockets <laughs> into people's ears. 100%. For the record, it stood for split the difference. But we are Sing that D here on Frame Rate, the show where we rate frames. I'm a guy, Michael Swaim. I'm another guy, Abe Epperson. And when we move our voices up like that, it means a third person's gonna say... Uh, and then I introduce myself. That's right. Thank you. You don't describe <laughs> it, you do it. Introduce yourself. Hi. Hi, I'm hi, I'm David Bell. Yeah. Really yeah. yeah. I loved it. Professional podcaster. Professional self-introducer, I think, was how you got your start, actually. It's true. Mm-hmm. Thank um, you for having yeah. me on. Well, we should also be thanking uh, a long time, I definitely recognize the handle, longtime Small Bean supporter, MindFreak555. Is that Chris Angel? So you, so you know that's a fake name. Yeah. 555 is the dead giveaway. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's Chris Angel. It's like a knockoff Chris Angel, I think, mm-hmm. is the, the vibe I get. But regardless... They did try to freak our minds because Mindfreak555 <laughs> had us bring Dave, who's one of our trippier pals, to uh, ex- specifically Dave, come on to talk about La Planète Sauvage <laughs> or Fantastic Planet, which is trippy as all get out. I was, so thank you, Mindfreak. Yeah, so I was bring asked the for drugs. <laughs> bring I was, the you were asked for, asked right, for? Abe? Huh? Didn't they ask for Dave? Am I yep. wrong in that? This that, yeah. that is correct. Yeah. Um you get this is a drug trip movie, but it's also mm-hmm. a political like um 1973 um I wouldn't call it cartoon, but it's well, like it's very reminiscent of a lot of that age's uh, animation. Wait, wait, wait. You wouldn't call it a cartoon? I mean, I don't know. Cartoons make me think of like wacky stuff i don't know ah, right i see this is more but it animation. is animated yeah. people animated haven't film. seen it so yeah it's but an it's, animated it's, drawn, would, it's all hand drawn like a cartoon right. would be would, reminiscent of monty python or something like that i would argue it's not a drug trip uh that i i don't know if this is a hot take i assume i was asked for maybe because i love eon flux and this has <laughs> no. that vibe uh this feels more like a fantasy than an abstract film. Like everything uh, makes sense. Everything oh, makes, it makes sense. Oh, it makes very straightforward yeah. sense. Yes. The story is like a Aesop's fable. I mean, it's if, surrealist yeah. in its imagery, but it's about it's very clearly about two two societies. Yeah. And but we the, know what those aspects are. They're just aliens. So The Yeah, mm-hmm. like like Eon Flux uh why I was reminded because it's a world where nothing, everything looks abstract, but then when you watch, you're like, oh, I see what they're doing. I see what that is. Like, everything sort of has a logical yep. point of existing. Uh, mm-hmm. It just looks wildly different. It's just extremely stylized. Yeah, I feel like the story at its heart, and this is not incredibly insightful, anyone who watched the movie would get this, right? It's... Uh, a fable of fabulized i don't know how to say that like a fabulicized version of a revolution like almost the communist manifesto or like in society this happens and then when societies become too oppressive the underlings like the the subclass rises up with violence and they reach some kind of equanimity and uh the one thing i thought it pulled punches on is it didn't really seem to imply this will happen again inevitably in a cycle that we can never break free of they were like the ohms lived happily on their fake moon uh which i think is a little naive if that's really the message but uh, it did seem like it was like baby's introduction to revolution, mm-hmm. proletariat revolt. <laughs> All revolutions start with seeing your oppressor fuck on statues. Hell yeah! Like to, uh, like possess statues and fuck. And you use a little little laser beam. Yeah. To Is that them. not trippy to you, Dave? That's normal, run of the mill day to day, Dave stuff. That's probably the trippiest part of the movie. I, I what I'm saying isn't that it's trippy. It's that it's not abstract or surreal. It's I mean, that is probably the most abstract or weird part, but in terms of it 
as a story, it's kind of like a straightforward fantasy tale about this yeah. uh, world where we're, you know, oppressed or treated like animals humans are uh, by these big blue freaks. Uh, like this could be a Netflix show. I think you could get a whole, yeah. you could get seasons. Take us through plot. it, Dave. It's simple. Yeah, there's these, what are they? There's the ohms, which are humans, and the drugs, which are these big, the big blue, blue freaks, freaks. Technically, technically, they're normal sized, right? Because it's a planet where the ecosystem is, is fit That's for true. them. That's true. It's geared to them. Yeah. yeah. It, right. it, I, it's post-apocalyptic, I assume, because they talk about how the ohms, which are human humanoids at least, um, had a civilization so like what what I assumed is that this is a planet that we were either brought to or or came to and then our civilization crumbled and we're conf- considered like mice on this planet. Well also they said that uh our planet that we're concerned with is orbited by a thing that they call the wild planet or fantastic planet depending on the translation I guess mm-hmm. that's really big it's bigger than their planet so I gathered that at some point we fled to the moon ah. and the moon is now this planet where the big blue freaks are <laughs> ascendant yep. and earth old earth is the wild planet that uh, they're okay. actually going back to I thought yeah. it was farther away because the like they have three seasons and the seasons are wacky that's true. Uh, what were the three seasons? Well, I remember like, the crystals is one of the seasons, right? The, yeah. You know, the season where there's crystals. Well, that is winter, right? It's crystals everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There are crystals mm-hmm. that you like whistle. You whistle eh. away. Yeah. 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 Um, I did love how steeped it was in Zen meditation imagery. Like, mm-hmm. like you said, it's trippy in its texture, but it actually fully makes sense. That part where... They're all meditating and their pupils like go blank and then their outlines fade away and they merge with the background. And you're like, that's trippy looking, but it's actually a fairly straightforward analogy for the goal of meditation. Or the idea of the of our your mind becoming a literal floating orb outside of oneself hovering around, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's the out of you out of body experience yeah and then you uh just take you go on the head of a statue and you fuck could you i know this was made in the 70s but you could interpret that as like the internet if you were like an asshole trying to like interpret this as like they all go on the internet to fuck to like do Mm -hmm. weird shit to each other yeah internet Uh, is meditation we all know it has the calming effect then the uprising would be the ohms like knocking out the power grid essentially Mm -hmm. and then without the internet you're completely fucked and they have to renegotiate with like the farmers union yeah it would be like throttling your uh like the ice be throttling your internet that's it's all airtight guys although what's interesting is it ends with like a separate but equal it's like Barney Gumble says in an episode of The Simpsons, I just think the drags should have a planet and the ohms should have a planet and everyone will be much happier. Mr. Gumble, you're upsetting me. Like, um, it does seem to end on like, well, segregation is the way to go. I don't know how I felt. Again, the ending, I felt like they wanted to speak to the idea of revolution, but I don't know that they had anything to say other than just a rendering of it. Like you know what I say, revolution. I actually think it's one of those times that the message in like peacetime or like our version of what a better version of um like what the story should be mm-hmm. is a lot less tame than the actual version of what the filmmakers intended because the the way that I was taught this uh, film because it's. Criterion Collection, it's pretty well known, uh, and they teach it very specifically in film school. Like, um, it's about a specific, like, series of events, and that's the 1968 Warsaw Pact occupation, uh, Soviet domination over Czechoslovakia. Mm. In fact, this film was not released for years because of that very invasion. They were working on it in Czechoslovakia. Uh, and which is like communist occupation of like the entirety of Eastern Europe, right? So I think the ending is actually like, can it just be over, guys? Really? Can it just be over? Oh, and can it literally is like a Soviet satellite state. It's yeah, messy. it's just yeah, like that makes sense. And it's an artificial moon they create, so it's like right, yeah, exactly. we have to make this sovereign artificial principality. This yeah. makes a lot more sense in the context of people going through a specific conflict. 
and like mm-hmm. airing their frustrations. Like you're like Michael, you're right that it is like yeah, an allegory for revolutions. But it yeah, the fact that it's about something specific explains why it might not be perfect as mm-hmm. an allegory that it was it, yeah from a more personal place or a very specific point in time. Yeah, now I'm a huge prick because now I'm telling them they made this heartfelt <laughs> thing that they're like, this is about us achieving freedom. And I'm like, you don't think this is all going to just happen to you again in a hundred years? <laughs> you know, uh, that's interesting because I think that that's one of the parts or the most interesting part I found about this film from historical kind of film like criticism perspective or just in general what propaganda films are because mm-hmm. all art is like in my opinion fairly propagandistic you know uh it it always trying to say some um, a political message one that involves this is what people are like this is how people should be kind of thing and also Even animation if, is the most control you can uh-huh. have over literally like what you're seeing and so True. it has baked into it the most all of your preconceived notions of like things are this way, whatever seems normal to you, that's baked into animation. Like you represent your perception. You can't not. It's what right. art is. And yeah, exactly. And I think that when you say like, well, now I sound kind of like a dick because I'm saying this is the way it should go and I didn't experience all that. I think that's fair. But I think that uh, the way that this film is taught is it's usually film or it's usually taught, discussed in a framework of like, is how effective is propaganda in films and how like how clear do you need to be for the film to be effective because i don't think this film was that effective but it was big uh and a lot of people watched it outside of eastern europe and it did move people towards like being sympathetic yeah but it, it definitely sorry it, i just want to say we just not too long ago covered waltz with bashir which is extremely on the surface, meaning it's literally about the conflict and it is literally about the conflict. And I do have to say that I think in this age of postmodernism where sarcasm can so easily be taken at face value, Waltz with Bashir has it right. Like if you're going to, and I understand this is from the seventies, so I'm no, no harm, no foul on the planet Sauvage. But I think in this day and age, it does behoove us to be like, Hey, if you're going to say something and it's about real shit and that's going to impact people and it might like reach a wide audience, say the thing like you better say yeah. what you mean, because propaganda can so easily be misinterpreted. It's, it's nuts. And I wonder how hard it is to do that when you're literally in occupied territory making films. But I don't know how bad it was for them. I know it held back the film, but I don't know if they were like. You know, sneaking images under doors and stuff. I don't think it was that crazy. I think it was just about the fact that Soviets came and systematically destroyed all of their infrastructure and uh, and build them up in their like, you know, this is we're benevolent dictators kind of thing. Yeah. Dave, what were you going to say? Oh, no, I was just uh, like uh, talking about getting the message out. and, And I don't know. It's it's not a timeless movie. Uh, like, in in kind of more as meaning in the visual way. Uh, it's kind of unrelated to what you guys are saying, but like, it looks like it's from the seventies, and the plot Mm -hmm. feels like it's from the seventies. Like, it looks like a Terry Gilliam animation, and like Mm -hmm. when they all break off to go get naked and fuck like Mm -hmm. hippies. Like, it's it almost is like, I I I mean I enjoyed this movie, but as a message. I feel like it gets muddled by also being of its time. The soundtrack uh, is like 70s porno bass. Yeah, where it's like we're we're talking about this thing, but also we're on drugs. Like, and that's going to be a part of it. Just because it's the 70s. It's going to be a part of it, yeah. Yeah, it's it seems very beholden to the like 1960s hippies uh, into Buddhism and Asian philosophies aspect Mm -hmm. of them. Like even just that's why I th- I mentioned like Monty Python and there's a little this is a literal hand that's how we introduce yeah uh, Tiwa who's like the like kind of sympathetic uh, drag, drag character and drag character are the uh, overclass the slaveholders essentially you, like early in the movie you're watching this woman running away and she has a, ba- a baby who ends up to be Tear uh, and like it running through things and this hand just stops her at every 
like anytime she's flicks any, her down terrified, yeah. flicks her down the hair, and it's like it looks like a disembodied hand, like the foot of uh, Monty Python. Well, uh, even more you know. so, Yellow Submarine. I have to believe, yeah. like I didn't realize, but clearly, I think Yellow Submarine owes a ton to this mm-hmm. movie, and mm-hmm. I didn't realize there was a movie that predates it that is so sa- similar feeling. Because yeah. like was... the trippy parts feel like uh, dry runs of Yellow Submarine's trippy parts, and the <laughs> blue hand is literally like the main villain in yellow submarine is a disembodied blue hand i have to believe they saw this they had to i was waiting for the monty python foot to squish her though just a blue version and for it to make the little sound Dave, what was your single favorite image of this movie well it's funny talking about the beginning because the beginning also again this this really reminded me in in it's the the method of the way it's surreal of Eon Flux, because the beginning is a perfect example where you think like when it starts, I'm like, ah, shit, like what, what are you doing? What is this? Is this going to be like a hour long music video? Cause it's this woman with a baby running from a giant hand mm-hmm. uh, right. and it looks really surreal. And then they show that actually it's not surreal at all. It's a fantasy. Like it's, it's just a sci-fi and but the context the way they bring you into it is is very weird so that it just feels you feel kind of lost right away and you're not sure what you're going to see here uh, yeah. and it's it's such a it, i really like how they introduce this world that way and i got to say i really loved similarly the it it made me feel weird but like you say in a very safe comfortable way whereas there's movies like heavy metal that as a kid actually made me uncomfortable i felt mm. that it was adult or i felt that it was somehow obscene or bizarre um i like weird sci-fi shit though and this movie it's like i love the steady drip of information that tear learns through the uh, vision machine or the thinking education machine yeah that mm. is all gibberish it's just but required a lot of cool imagination to come up with and i love sci-fi imagination but it's mm-hmm. just like um a gibberish of, of of a stream of scientific gibberish that applies to there they're like uh the undercarriage of foxite mines can be combrabulated to form alkynes in the upper quad and you're like I love it. That it's doesn't mean nonsense. anything. Yeah. It's the same it really way. Uh, some of my favorite imagery in this is the technology that is nonsense where it's like, oh, there's a road and the road's moving and you just sort of hop on it. Or like, oh, these people are having this discussion on top of a giant cube that is projecting their face to I an audience. I love the cube. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's not like you, again, you understand what you're seeing, which is like, oh, it's like a public forum. Uh, but it's done in a like such an illogical way, but also a way that has some sort of order to it that you're like, oh, I guess this is what it's 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 the implication. Like, I love the idea that someone's imagining a world where everybody kind of lands in the same place technologically. But since this is an entirely different species that evolved from an entirely different set of events, that technology is nothing like ours. And I love that they believe it's like, I do think there's something very interesting there about the nature of perception. Their society works at a technologically advanced level. And yet they think about technology in a totally alien way. Like we're talking about a society that learns through essentially the matrix, right? You can download information and shit like that. And they transcend their bodies and energy form. And yet at the highest levels of their government or whatever the analog is, they are saying things like, well, in ancient times when so-and-so's head became the heavens and he cried tears that became the people, that's why we have to subjugate the ohms. And you're like, you guys are still functioning based off that understanding of reality? How did well, you have how do you have advanced technology? I love and that's well, not one answered. Would argue but I love tr- oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, just one would argue that we're also doing that still, right? <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like, what it talk- makes you realize, like good yeah. sci-fi does. Is it Sorry, your, I interrupted you though. No, I was just, I just think you're right. And I want to, yeah, no, you go, you go. Cause it's like, our stuff is equally random. That's the perceptual shift. Yeah, it's shift all it. arbitrary. Yeah. It's. That's, what well, were you going to say, Abe? Uh, 
kind of like I, that's the interesting. So we started this conversation like 20 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. And the first thing that it, like everyone kind of wanted to say was that, yeah, it's like pretty trippy. But if you put it down in an outline of like what's happening, it's all fairly clear what the allegory is. Right. Mm-hmm. Yet uh, when we talk about the specific um like there is there's super if you look at the specific imageries of certain scenes it's they are kind of surrealist to the nth degree you know like there's a section where when they find the wild ohms or terrify finds the wild ohms uh the leader acts as like jesus and gives communion atop a dra- uh drug school or drag uh, school. Yeah. Uh, and oh, you mean the, the Keebler And homes? the patrons glow by eating bread cubes. There's another one where they have like, there's an eagle like anteater that hollows out their home. Oh, yeah. And Creepy. it's like, it's, it's a uh, tongue looks like a uncircumcised penis. Mm-hmm. And they almost like escape out of a gi- vagina. And when they capture the eagle with lassos, they pretty viciously drink its blood and then bathe in it. And yeah. it's like, so... Oh, and yeah, they totally, totally do a Matrix so what Reloaded uh, like, uh, dance orgy to prep for yeah. the night of battle. Yeah. Oh, that's my favorite because they just... That, oh, that's... I thought that's what uh, Dave was going to say is his favorite because it's my favorite. So the Ohms have like a party and it like i guess party getting out of hand is when two ohms decide that they're gonna tie like these weird like stout worms or snakes to their chest to their belly have like a worm fight club so you and tie they kill each other sorry you tie your hands behind your back and you yeah. tie a snapping like snake monster to your belly to and your, you to fight by thrusting your bellies at each yeah. other yeah and they, that's how real matters get settled <laughs> and, and snakes the snakes kill each other when they're both dead it signals the beginning of an expedition to steal food that's right <laughs> so it's, like that is the order of a Events. and like they all live in like tr- now it's time they all live in a tree in the park <laughs> yeah, yeah so uh, but you know what yeah. i mean like it's it's like yes i do agree it's very clear what the allegory is central to the film but like explain to me what the fuck the you know what's the what's the eagle like anteater sequence all oh about? right like, what's the imagery well, it's, trying to say well i think Why first it, first you know? of all way to save the podcast because if we hadn't touched upon the warsaw pact that would suck i'm really grateful that you were able to bring mm-hmm. that to the table but uh-huh. i'll also in the same breath say i think i'm too ignorant now of that to like pause it you know what i mean like now knowing it's about a specific think- event i'm like well the eagle could but- mean something to the people of the Czech Republic, but to me, from an outside perspective, it seems like there's a certain amount of filler material that's just trippy, evocative imagery. But that's also still like, like in terms of deeper meaning, I'm yeah. not sure. But meaning in in the the movie, I was just like, oh yeah, this is like a it's an exciting sequence. They get attacked by like a monster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, they're. I think. Yeah. A lot of it was world building. Like, I think a lot of this, uh, I think where the, where it's, it's almost necessary that it's this surreal is because it's an alien world and an alien, like, uh, society that it needs to feel like nonsense. It needs to feel like Alice in Wonderland sometimes. Uh, and so, but mm-hmm. like everything is sort of also like, you're like, oh yeah, we sort of have something like that. Like the, oh, by the way, my favorite imagery is the giggling plant that, uh, thrashes birds. Yeah. Hell yeah. Dude. Yeah. That was that, cool. I want to be awesome. that plant. Yeah. Uh, uh, and that's one where it's like, <laughs> I get it. Like it's like a, a Venus fly trap, but it's, you know, it's like a, things in nature we have, mm-hmm. yeah. but it's also nonsense and kind of weird and scary because it's an alien planet. But that thing, it would just <laughs> grab the birds and fucking just thrash them to the ground while going, ha, mm-hmm. ha, ha. Mm-hmm. It's the best There's- thing in the fucking... It's the best thing I've seen in like a year. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's, uh, yeah, I think you're right about that, Dave. And I think, uh, if I'm reading between the lines, you're also kind of saying that like sometimes films don't have to be doing anything with the allegory and the symbolism. And it's, I think that's absolutely yeah, right. It's sometimes it it's just like, compelling imagery. It sounds um, like they were though, but we might not. 
Like Michael said, we don't, like, I don't know true. enough about it. You might be true. oblivious to it, but I also yeah. do believe there's such a thing as, yeah, ligature that you use to connect the story together that mm-hmm. you're like, well, they just had to get from here to here and it's a sci-fi world. So I guess I'll invent some crazy bird monster that takes them there. Right. <laughs> yeah. What right, I find... This could just be George Lucas on acid, you know? But, it, I it mean, might be... I think there's thought behind it. Uh, so there's that. Yeah. Um, I guess what I mean, or what's the most fascinating aspect of this topic to me, or what I wanted to kind of cut into was... Abe knows uh, exactly what everything represents, like a political no. cartoon, and he's just setting mm-hmm. us up to be like, you no. idiots. <laughs> no, I think it's, when it comes down to it, it's like, I think that it's a kind of a testament, not to these filmmakers or us as, uh, you know, let's call ourselves uh, casual viewers of Impresarios, this. Impresarios, you can say Yeah, it. I mean, we're, we're good at watching films, I'd say, but we don't have the necessary social context cues to understand okay all at the ones. Films. But what my point is, is that film in general, especially when we get to the like propagandist films like this, and I don't mean that in a, a derogatory way, I mean that in just like it's trying to say it's central thesis or point. Uh, and it's emphatically saying that it for every second of its thing. Um, I think that there's something to be said about the ability of the audience to be able to pick up on little cues of storytelling and narrative where they go, that is important and that is definitely an allegory. And then there are times it was like, oh, that's just like it's a fucking cool idea for an organism they just like the little furbies make clothes like they they make yeah. clothes that's, that's what they do mm-hmm. uh and it's just like okay and we don't need to look farther into that and i think that that's kind of one of the cool things about this because there's other ones that are clearly like for example remember when uh like when they go into the pit to try to run away from uh the uh the drugs mm-hmm. they all dive into a pit for safety, but then they start firing these like little tiny mortars that are clearly like tear gas pellets yeah. that land into the hole. Pulled and... by other ohms who have like weird gas mask <clears throat> slave collar things. Yeah, Right. And it's like, okay, so I'm watching World War One or Agent Orange or like some kind of conflict, some specific conflict where like... The idea being that in order everyone sees a hole and is like, that's where a good place for safety, they all dive into it and immediately pellets follow. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, it was a good idea until 19 seconds later when it was literally the worst thing all of you could have done. Um, And it's trying to evoke that sort of Holocaust imagery, I think, as well. with like because they're de-alming the park is what they call it. So it's like very intentional that they don't even consider them like an enemy, like an army. They consider than it's they passed yeah. yeah yeah absolutely um there's which, which by the way is crazy because they're like they have seen ruins of ohm civilization and mm-hmm. they have ohms who can recite poetry and shit Mm-hmm. And you're like, that's more than a parrot. Like, if my parrot started explaining engineering to me, I'd be like, this is mm-hmm. a fully sentient thing, obviously. Yeah. Also, in that sequence, they have, uh, they use ohms to hunt ohms. They use the tamed yeah. ohms to hunt. Yeah. And that's like clearly another like nod to Gestapo. Gestapo yeah. method of, you know, like, and I think it has to do with like, uh, the Algerian war and probably the surf class of post-war France, you know, and stuff like that. Like there's a, there's a classism going on too within the Ohm culture. Um, you know, there's a lot mm-hmm. of stuff that is like what was going on at the time that I don't think needs the specific nuance of that cultural reference because the references are timeless in a way. And that's, and that's why I, I love sci-fi and fantasy, incidentally. Yeah, exactly. I do think those are the two genres who, by their very nature, divorce whatever point you're making from the literal reality context. And that frees them to be mythic. That frees them to be iconic mm-hmm. ideas because it's not about XYZ. It's about ohms and drags. And it almost insulates you in a way from the future, at least for longer than, let's say, comedy. You know what I mean? Like a good sci-fi story about something that is true, like the nature of oppression or uprising or camaraderie, stays true for a long, long time, which is something I really like about sci-fi. And also for both 
uh, a viewer who's watching it during the era and someone watching it, you know, 50 years later, plus, you know, like, it, it becomes something where it's like the ability for the filmmaker to change those gears and go like, all right, that scene, you probably should look into thinking what that scene might mean. Oh, that scene, that was just like a cool little concept of a flower that we had. Um, Isn't and it our, fascinating that the language right. of film is sophisticated enough that audience members can have that reaction? Be like, I know that means something. But like I don't anyone. know what it means. <laughs> like a child could understand, you know, yeah. like it's it's so available and it's something that's, I think, unique to how people watch stuff that we have. We a, have to look for patterns and meanings. But two, the better something is, the more we want to give it credit for being good. Mm -hmm. And I think there's something to be said about that. Yeah. Do you. Is there a... Yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was, I was thinking about the ohm, the name, like. Does that translate to anything in French? How are they spelling that? Isn't it? It's just the word "om," which is the Zen, like the holy, Buddhist. like the holy sacred. Isn't that the Shivaya, uh, like Buddhist mantra? Right, Om Mani Padme Hum. Yeah, uh, but also doesn't "hom" mean person in French? H O O H O M M E. Does it mean man? Yeah, it means man. Uh, oh, well, and I there think you, that that's, that's a, so I think it's a play on <laughs> om and the word for man in French. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. it was, I feel like if you were watching this, it's even in more France, obvious. Yeah. It'd be dumber. Well, I was yeah. saying it'd be like, it'd be like in interstellar where it's like Dr. Man is the problem. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's that on the nose in yeah. French. I wonder what drug sounds like in French, if anything. But uh, yeah, I don't know, I don't know I the think, answer. I also yeah, have I to say, I think the movie got a disservice in the English language being translated to Fantastic Planet because just after shit like Fantastic Max and uh, Incredible Voyage and stuff like that, I totally right. didn't. I thought this was going to be some baby shit. And uh, right. the real it's Le Planet Sauvage, which is either Savage Planet or Wild Planet. I just think that's a way better English title. I don't know. I don't yeah. want fantastic. Well, it is pretty fantastic. It's, I guess, fantastical. Yeah. Like in sure. the classic sci-fi sense. Watching them statues fuck. That's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is something? I love that. Yeah. I don't know. Abe, do you have a theory on anything specific? It could mean that there's statues that fuck. I again I thought uh, it was just yeah. something had to happen. So that's I don't know if happened. I believe it. I know what they're taught. Um, okay. Yeah. So in film school so you So follow me. So so the meditation uh is an invasion, right? Sure. Oh, is it bad like, to meditate? Does the movies posit that meditation is bad? I mean it's it's a methodology uh and a it's like it's what's good what it's what the drugs think is good about them right right and it's 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 representative of them it's a unique thing that they have that the you know the ohms don't have right and what are uh and f works of art uh classical works of art are seen as something that is you know it's both traditional where we came from as artists and the desecration of such means that it's the destruction of the, the whatever is this area the destruction of this culture so it's a cultural attack by saying like we are now your your art is now our art right they're um, appropriating it because those are it's humans they're human statues they're human statues yeah they're appropriating uh, it what doesn't is make ours quite sense because they're, they're like fucking they're, in them they're, it's their mm -hmm. planet kind of technically although i we get the sense that it wasn't always their planet mm -hmm. so who are with these statues of who made these statues they look like humans very specifically mm -hmm. but only the hu only the bipedal parts like all of the parts that make uh drugs drugs and all the parts that make ohms ohms are usually in like in like the face and the hands like like that's really if they you definitely take out have the, the same boobs 
yeah, they have the same boobs. They have the same idea of two legs, you know, and they look more or less like human humanoid. So it could be taken as either because they chose to like statues that have no heads. But mm. we do see, see a shot of feet. And we've I don't know if we ever see shots. I mean, we, we do see shots of feet, but they're usually wearing like shoes or something. I don't it, know. It's, it feels like the idea that they're and I think this happens with a lot of oppressors. That, that like they're they're keeping this group down and then secretly like their favorite thing is mm. to kind of like uh uh take from their culture and enjoy it and for themselves to be for them. themselves and pretend yeah. to be them because they literally assume the heads and then yeah. dance around like assholes and it's <laughs> it's also important that the like it, it comes as a revelation if you remember right. the narration of the part yeah they he he's like and then there was the day that we figured out what they were all doing when they were meditating which right. is and they describes that. it as strange erotic rites or like right. strange uh and, sexual con <sighs> conclaves yeah and it's uh and it's immediately immediately uh what happens is they they get in their little rocket ship and shoot and, little cute little shoot lasers all of them yeah yeah and they shoot it's... them all because they like they viciously hate it and the narration is not like how dare they i couldn't believe it it's just like and then this happened and i think it's just a way of saying like yeah the second you start taking away art and culture you're gonna get got like they're going mm -hmm. like there will be revolts in the street it's like, also you should know this it's hilarious it's very funny. like it's objectively hilarious yeah. it reminds me of the dimitri martin sketch where he's in the support group for people who've been who've been killed, who's been seen the afterlife, mm -hmm. and it keeps like zooming into his head, and it's a it's a clown wailing on a guitar was what his afterlife was, and he's like too right. scared to mention it, and then right. it becomes out that everybody saw the clown wailing right. on a guitar, okay. uh, and, and like it it reminds me of that because it's like what have they been doing up there? They're they're meditating. Oh, they're just like in like dressed as big dumb statues dancing, dancing it's like absolutely you. insane and the yeah. uprising is tiny little mice-sized people getting in their little ships and pew-pewing lasers at yeah, the statues right. it's when, adorable <laughs> when they got to their ships i was really hoping they were just gonna bail like they're like no nope, fuck whatever that is yeah. and then they just leave yeah. like, they also really glossed weird. over that they were able to so the ohms who have just become like they are still a primitive level civilization because of subjugation, not because of like they lack the potential or whatever, but they're still starting from a place where they drink blood and live in the park. Right. And then they make a moon. How did they yeah. make a mm -hmm. moon? Mm -hmm. Well, I, the idea is they co-opted their technology because they began to read what their yeah. like supplies well, were. And then they started building. Cause if you notice the caves, themselves start being more technologically advanced over the yeah they you know. they um like 15 years pass right mm -hmm. and then and it inherits it and it inherits i think this is something that's specifically because i think the french are involved it inherits the uh the worst parts of uh drag uh, community as well the concepts that as the movie goes along all the hallways and rooms in the ohm dwelling start like if you squint your watch it again and squint your eyes it's something i notice more in this viewing uh the there's a, if you remember it has these weird little zooms every now and then and you're like why did you zoom on that it's because you gotta actually what you have to do is you have to internally think in your head, stop thinking about this as an image of representative of something like a frame that I say like, Oh, in the back there, there's that part of the cave and there's that part of the cave. Just look at the lines mm -hmm. and like kind of squint your eyes a little bit. And you realize you're looking at the shape of an eye, you know, right. or you're looking at uh, like someone who's a top, like subjugating someone else. And so like the images themselves are it, like you, you realize as, time goes on it looks like a panopticon they're meta images it's that's like cool they're, they're meta images that are the ohms like you better stay in line they're inheriting all of the drug cultures like militarism about like this is the way things are in order to make them you know i think that's where we go from in order to rise up they have to at least to some degree to rockets master yeah. the weapons of their aggressors which taints you as well yeah yeah 
Exactly. They, yeah, that's what I think is happening there. That's not super available. There's no scene about it, but like, I feel like that's pretty, it's pretty like there Mm. if you want to infer Mm -hmm. it. It's, there's multiple scenes where that can be the interpretation. Um, yeah. It is a shame they don't drink blood and like, uh, fuck in the park anymore. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But according to the outro, they've provided the drug with a vital new way of thinking, whatever that means. Yeah, whatever yeah. that means. <laughs> I yeah, love that the drag of... are like, uh, and they contribute to society, you know, in ways, mm-hmm. unspecified ways. <laughs> it's, by the way, it is like, the drag, it is kind of a failure, right? Because yeah. like when when they kill that uh, uh, little mm-hmm. blue freak outside the uh, out, outside the park, the wall, like yeah. that's like if one of us was killed by crickets. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like it's 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 a bad loss for them. The fact that they have to like do a truce with like oh, the vermin yeah. It, of this their is, yeah, it's not great. You're exactly but, right. It yeah. would be if cockroaches wrested control of the earth back from us. That's a big fuck up. Someone really yes. fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Someone really fucked up. Yeah, and all those political meetings where they're like. But they're intelligent and stuff like that. No, like, no, oh, no. We got to get rid Kick of them. the man. can down the I road. Mean, yeah, yeah, maybe they might be intelligent, but they're very small. Uh, and we, They're we very could, tiny. Yeah. And that's funny. <laughs> Unfortunately. And it matters. Like, I, I, like, it does. It does matter. Like, if, if they're ver- that small, like, we could probably handle it. It doesn't the matter if they're smart. The film doesn't have an answer for that. And that's something I thought of, too. Is I was like, why yeah. do you yeah. care so much about this? You can just destroy them with your feet. You do several times. You just step and on And yet, if they could fire a laser that disintegrates anything it hits, it kind of levels the playing field to some degree. Yeah. A little bit. It kind of does. I can it's also, not fully level. I can see why they care. <laughs> I can see why they care more than we do insects, because we don't have an insect that's like a little person. Jiminy Cricket. And if we did, I feel like we'd be very interested in them. Like if they just looked like us, but they were like red, we'd be like, what are those? I'm going (laughs) to have one as a pet. Right. Uh, and we're gonna like I I get why politicians are like in this and they're like all right next point of order we got to talk about these little that everyone keeps that as are pets? just like should we be yeah. Yeah. how are we yeah. keeping them as should we be doing this it's fucking like, weird being like thinking they're cool and they are cool I mean I mean it's blue to That's skin cool. tone so the analogy would be would you keep a Smurf as a pet. Yes, and the answer is yes. Really, I would feel I would also, like a yeah, slave I'd... owner at that point. You don't think so? You, you would, would be. be. You'd yeah. be a slave owner. <laughs> yeah, <sighs> it's just because they're tiny doesn't mean they're not but, sentient. I mean, our okay, cats uh, and dogs here, sentient. Okay, okay, okay. This is. And my cat is it, staring gonna, at me. Time's going to work this. that one out too. <laughs> well, it okay, okay, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. if? Here, okay, okay. Like, uh, say I had a Smurf or or three mm-hmm. or four. Uh, but I didn't make them do tricks and they just got a part of my apartment. Isn't that good for them? Like if they live in the equivalent of a mansion in my apartment and it's just more I like. I would say only if there were other ways of life they could have chosen yeah. and they freely chose. This is a yes. deal we like. Yeah. So it's like a slavery has dad. things. Slavery has to do entirely. There have to agency, be options. Not like well, yeah. not see... the situation you're in. What was the original question? Because you didn't say would you enslave a slur? Would smurf? you keep a Smurf as a pet? Which, uh, I think it's immoral to keep a Smurf as a pet. I could, but, but you're you saying ask, could I say, rent a Smurf room pet? in my house in my apartment? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, it wouldn't. The rent would be for your, I, you're my <laughs> The pet rent smurf. would be you're my pet. No, that's not cool. In exchange, that's, that's you get to live here, and Dave. you can come and go as you please. Which is well, still uh, go as you. Yeah, no, you can't fudge the line on enslavement, bro. <laughs> yeah, you really can't. It, it really comes down but he's to agency, not doing man. Anything for me? Like I'm not making them work for me or anything. Doesn't mean you, they're still your prisoner. Can they leave? He yes, that's what leave. I'm saying. Oh, they can, they can leave. So they can leave and do whatever they want. So in what way are Are they? they Do you have them? What are you getting? Yeah. Yeah. What do do you mean? It just sounds like you just like are declaring this wall is my pet. Mr. Smurf, will you you come live with me uh, and I can look at you and talk about how you could leave if you want. 
anytime you don't. But you like can the leave. Deal. Just right, come that's back. That's not a pet. Daddy loves that's you. like a friend. Because daddy loves you. Can and be needs friends you, with a smurf, and he'll keep you safe. It's a weird like a friend. Lad. That's that's what you have. <laughs> okay, it's a weird friend. It's just but a weird friend. It's not, it is interesting. Like, we were talking, um, uh, Dave and I earlier when we were like pre-talking about this movie. About how I think that's another cool thing about sci-fi and how it's iconic. It could apply to, you know, the whole someone could have made this movie about how they think it's immoral that we keep pets and and it would totally yeah. track and work. I like sci-fi for oh, that reason. Totally. It's tough. Like, OK, that's going back to the Smurf, because like I feel bad that I have my cat. Right. I'm petting mm-hmm. her right now as I talk about this is that mm-hmm. she's a prisoner in my home. Indoor cat. But Rice every time she. cat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because every time she gets out, uh, she (laughs) hides and gets scared. And like, I'm glad she hasn't died yet. You know, like if I if she got out and like just ran away, she'd have the best last hour of her life. Right. Uh, But she would ultimately get creamed by a car. So like is in this world are the Smurfs like is the idea that if the Smurfs are outside, like a, a hawk could get them. Absolutely. Uh, We've seen that there are little Yeah, but that's the challenge of being that eat them. That's another thing is And what if the That's Smurfs, the challenge of existing in an ecosystem that is geared to way bigger than you. Right. And are the do the Smurfs have the intelligence of a Smurf yeah. or are they Okay. Well, they, yeah, then it's immoral. It's it's hard with the cat because it's like she's, I mean, that's she's very stupid. That's the plea. We say that. So that's the that's what that's it comes the rub, to. That's the rub. We say well, we're helping said. them. We, we in the case of the, your metaphor with the the cats or the Smurfs, were the drugs, and the drugs have determined that they don't have agency because stuff like that, like well, we own them as pets, and the reason we own them uh, is because they're just gonna go wild and go fucking crazy and kill themselves anyway. You know, have like, we tried? That's to what like... we think of cats. It's like it's right. better for the cat for us to own them. Why? Because they get fed, they have a nice life, and they. If I let it out, it would be dead in an hour. It's that kind of justification that allows us to make. But the isn't it interesting? To jump over that the, the ad- fact that it would be equi- dead in an hour is because we've completely reshaped the world to suit our needs, regardless yeah. of what it it's wants. Also. <laughs> It's also kind of true. There's more cats now than there used to be. Yeah. You know, like also sometimes organisms aren't supposed to exist in that way. Like with so many, they cats are a weird example because I mean, they've, there's been articles about this. They kind of domesticated themselves more. So like they're an animal that like they just started hanging out and we found use for them. And then we brought them on ships uh, because they are useful and like it, it started as like almost a symbiotic relationship. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas wolves, because then they also have kind of retained like what they've always been, as opposed to where we saw wolves and we're like, we're gonna do, we're not, we're not gonna kill you off. We're gonna do something worse to you, and we're gonna, we're gonna just systematically reduce you to these, these to tiny dumb size. creatures. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I forget hey. where I'm going with this. Um, Sounds like you're insulting my like, dog, and I'll thank you not to. Oh, your dog is cute. <laughs> he is dumb though. But oh, like we we haven't your dog? have we tried? Oh my god! Oh, <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> but I I do oh, think like we talked about this like the the way in which we eat meat is mm-hmm. horrifying, right? Mm-hmm. Like a, the the systematic slaughterhouses, uh, the the the, the just the the entire process is absolutely mm-hmm. horrifying. Which isn't to say we aren't meant to eat meat, but the way we're doing it is is just the most ghastly thing, uh, both to the animals and kind of to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, yeah, maybe there'll be a time where we'll look back at that and be like, holy shit, I can't believe we did that. Um, mm-hmm. With pets, I'm not so sure. Uh, that it'll ever get to like PETA envisions will get know. to a place where we're like anyone who owned a pet was on the wrong side of history. Yeah, I do well, believe PETA's, that's PETA's destined ridiculous. for meat eating. I think it will become passe in generations to come, at least for a time. It might mm-hmm. come back, you know, I don't know. Yeah, but like we've we someone has tried to teach a cat how to speak. Right. I mean, yeah. And like we got ten stuff. minutes left in the podcast. What do you? You, you got a cat right there. Yeah, but like we, uh, 
like we 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 know we know their limitations. Right. Although maybe I don't know. Have you seen those videos of the dog who's like slapping these? Oh buttons yeah. Have you seen Alex the gray parrot who lived to be like eighty and could sort like they could throw 144 random objects in a room and say go get the red truck yeah. with the silver wheels and he'd go get it so like he knows he understands what you're saying they even did uh they showed him things he'd never seen before like they showed him a cherry and he picked cards right. to describe it and he picked small apple round so like I think we should figure out a system with that's animals. crazy. Yeah, they're like, they're pretty smart. There's I remember this. I remember well, this I, parrot. There's also the one where they were like uh, put all the green ones in the same hole, and he uh, wrote out, uh, "Please set me yep. free." Yeah, <laughs> which is that breaks your whole test. <laughs> that's that horrifying. I mean that's mind blowing, yeah. right? Well, all right. This is, <laughs> yeah. this is I think we need to work out a deal with animals because I suspect that some some animals. Don't want to be like enslaved and told what to do, but we got a good racket going. We're the only species that was like, oh yeah, hey, what if we like build houses and like make TV shows and like make it real cushy? And I think there's an extent like I always remember those videos of like seals jumping on the boat to get away from sharks, and they always have this face like everybody just be cool, all right? I just need to hang out here for a little bit. Uh, and like I do think to an extent like animals like it sucks out there. So, mm-hmm. like, if we can work out some sort of deal where it's like, look, we're not going to domesticate you, but if you come hang out, we're not going to throw you out. Like, if you need a place <sighs> to crash, like kangaroo, yeah. like, just come to just come hang out. We just need we need a better just, understanding. Yeah, we need a better understanding. More of wild animals uh, need to stay in Dave's apartment. You realize you're opening yourself up yeah. to boar attack right now, right? Yeah. You're well, that's be, a whole different you're thing. You're really ace venturi everything <laughs> right now. Uh, uh, the, there's a fascination in this film also about making the subjugated class the beast of burden. And that's something obvious. You know, obviously working class and slavery, they go kind of hand in hand. But if you notice all of the operations of like how they're beasts of burden are using the ohms to subjugate themselves so it's like a it's a self it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy or they work in like this kind of factory space with like these little crane trees that grab boxes and they help and they're like tiny little foremen Mm -hmm. and stuff like that Mm -hmm. like that that's i think the idea is the like pet ownership is different than like beast of burden stuff um because the the use of them or like eating eating meat uh from like you know cage you know mm-hmm. houses to you know chickens or something like that uh a lot of things have to be taken into account the intelligence of the animal and the honest you know like pain of attention of how like pain is play interplay and power, with how like the power is distributed what you're doing yeah. to it and is that worth it? That's a huge thing we need to focus on and very hard to, you know, kind of make uh, solid. But then there's the other thing, which is how are you using that power now that you've, you have determined that you can do that power? And is it uh, making more pain for the animal as well? And I think that those are things. And then because like the first question is, are you able to tell us if you're uh, you have agency or not? No, is what I'm doing really natively affecting your you know well-being uh well then that's a whole nother question right are we allowed to inflict our agency upon things that don't that we deem to not have agency yeah who knows There's am, so am i allowed to kick rocks you know? <laughs> yeah exactly well, uh, you know, well, uh, the simplest i can say it is, is dude you either die a smurf or you live long enough to become a fraggle you know that's real I did want to ask, because I have a real soft spot for trippy animation of this era. Uh, do you guys like movies like this? Like honesty talk now? Mind freak won't mind. I mean, do you like this? Um, I don't know. It's hard to say. In my personal feeling of it is that uh, I like this type of thing. I don't think Lalou, who's the... Rene Lalou is the director... I don't think it's got really. I mean, it's put on the level like tw- two thousand one Blade mm, Runner, Dune, Akira. Go that far, it okay. is. It's no, seen I know. as groundbreaking science fiction visionaries. 
And uh, I think that this is a guy like so. Something that I, I learned about him is that uh, like where he, where he got to start is that he worked at a psychiatric clinic and he organized puppet shows for his patients. That's cool. Nice. So like that's, that's pretty charming. intense. That's very like French. this is the kind of guy who I think is like if I'm to understand a few of his other films as well, he is very into the pomp and, uh, you know, like event of the theatrical, uh, aspects of his movies. I don't think that not to say that he doesn't have unique, interesting Mm -hmm. thoughts. I just don't think he's adding much to the table. I would prefer if this was like really made me think, you know, like, Oh wow. I never have thought about that before. And, that's easy for me to say now because I've seen it twice. But even when I watch it the first time, I'm like, ah, there's a bunch of like, this is just like a whole bunch of, uh, I mean, watch the Hobbit, you know, like we've seen a bunch of stuff like this in the past, but it's true. It was Don't one push of me, dude. I'll watch so. the Hobbit. I'll do it. Mm, yeah. Shit. Uh, okay. Well, for people yeah. who do like shit like this, there's a couple movies. Honestly, they're on the list, but they'll never get covered. No one will ever choose them. I Dave might. If someone does, yeah. If someone does get me, because I, I have like I'd never seen this before, but it filled me oh, with okay. nostalgia. Because like I, I in high school, like we'd get together, we'd go to the indie video store, we'd go down to the cult section. We'd grab random VHSs. We'd put on like Liquid Sky or like Begotten, and we'd just get blasted on weed, uh, mm-hmm. and and have a great night. Uh, mm-hmm. And like that's how I first fell in love with Eon Flux, uh, and and now I just watch Eon Flux to like go to bed mm-hmm. uh, because there's something about these worlds that I want. I want to exist. Me in. too, man. And it's it's hard like. And it's always weird parts like in this movie, the part where it's the shot outside the park and it's like this gross sidewalk leading mm-hmm. into the woods. And I was like, oh, I would love to just lean yeah, up. Against it reminded that me of Shel Silverstein and just live stuff. in that scene. Yeah. And oh, it's, it's these yeah. moments that I just I want to curl up in and they make me feel oddly comfortable and cozy and and like uh, something about the architecture, the weird brutalist style of a lot of these, it, it's I don't know. I f- I find it very comforting, and I often don't dig into like it's funny thinking about uh, about it now talking about this where it's like the idea of digging for meaning because there's always meaning. Mm-hmm. I never do that with films mm-hmm. like this. Mm-hmm. I often just enjoy them visually. Because I, I just, that's yeah, that's, that's uh, a value of films as well. That's a lot. Yeah. And oh, yeah, I feel allowed. like that's what <laughs> what does make like I said, this is of its time, but it's also timeless because you can watch something like this and get something out of it that they never intended you to get out of. It. Yeah. Uh, or they did in the sense that they knew it was weird enough that people would interpret it in different ways. So. I don't know. I, 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 I would say I really enjoyed watching this movie. Well, then I got a name check, and you might have seen them. Uh, but just in case Mind Freak 555 uh, is listening, and I hope they are, uh, have either of you guys seen, Abe, you must have seen Harry Nielsen's The Point. Dave? Yeah. The Point? No. Highly recommended. And the other one that I don't think Abe's seen either mm. is Twice Upon a Time. I don't think I've ever met anyone else who's seen Twice Upon no, a Time. I don't know Very what that trippy is. animated movie, a combination of live action and animation, and it's just phenomenal. And it, like, it's this kind of bizarre nostalgia, so I, I recommend that one too. Okay. Uh, and then also, I wanted to make sure... I might have, yeah. sorry... Looking at Twice Upon the Time, it actually looks very familiar. I'm not sure if it's I've all, seen it, though. Like I said, blasted The animation style is all tissue blasted. paper cut out and assembled together. It's very interesting. And the voice of the main character, okay. is the, he is the same guy who did the voice for Garfield. And it's the no same shit. voice. Like, it sounds like Garfield. The, <laughs> who's also, um, isn't he Venkman in the real yes, Ghostbusters? Yes, and he doesn't yeah. ever change his voice. That's just his voice. Yeah. Uh, okay. I also wanted to say on the record, Dave, because I listened to a Gamefully Unemployed episode where you discussed this, and this is a trippy movie. I just want to say it does. There are aspects that suck now, but if you ever want to go to Burning Man, please go with me. Ooh, I would fucking okay. love to. Boom. Um, Done. 
Oh, that would be. I would. I would love. I. I would go right, right now. Well, uh, <laughs> please. You'd go COVID. You don't no. care. All right. Sure. 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 I, it'd be the last okay. thing I. Well, did. I wanted that on the record to. No, make I would. Possible, I would love to. That would be that. Great. Yes. Um. Yeah. Some. Someday yeah. we will do that. 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 That excites me, me too. Well, now it's yeah. now it's official because you recorded agreeing mm-hmm. to it. So mm-hmm. you guys just you know making I have a, plans on podcast. Abe, you're welcome. But last a, every time I've asked yeah, in the past, Abe. you've said too hot doesn't sound fun. <laughs> so just so people mm-hmm. know, I love too you. Hot, as long as there's fun. like yeah yeah for sure. Thanks, man. As as long as there's like a a haven of sorts. Like we went to Slab City mm-hmm. together, and like that was. I imagine that was like Burning Man light, you know? It was in a lot of that ways. That sounds a yeah. little... That's also love, got like civilization nearby though, you know, like... I, don't I know. like the situation where like... I guess this reminds me of college, which I, I didn't go to like a dorm college, but my very, very close friend did. Went to Hampshire College, which is a very big like hippie college, like artsy college. So there was a lot like their Halloween festival was called Trip or Treat Mm. and everybody would dress really fucked up and basically do acid. And like the idea of having this like go with the flow, surreal place to be, but also also kind of having like there's a place that we can go to if we need to like a home. base. Yeah, I think uh, Uh, the time I I only had an RV, which I really think is a good way to go. That's uh, perfect. Another yeah. thing is, yeah, man, it's like the closest life has ever been to Breath of the Wild because there's a big desert <laughs> area where you just wander around and the s- sand is so thick you can't see what's coming up and you just discover giant art installations. It's really awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's like being in like like an 80s fantasy yeah, exactly. Jim Henson yeah. film, you know, like I love it. All right. Abe, you have Let's to come to document <laughs> All right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you got okay. it. Next Hell yeah. time we'll rate Burning Man. <laughs> Pretty sure it got canceled this year, but next year. <laughs> There's a digital there... Burning Man, which that yeah, yeah that sounds Zoom Look, rooms. That you I don't walk know, into, man. Uh, that sounds. I already knew I could get dudes. high at home. I like I know that yeah. already. <laughs> but sure, unless they like do all art installations that way somehow yeah. uh i don't know what but that could be yeah. interesting Pro- probably not <laughs> abe you seem know. to have done the most research are there more tidbits to suck out of the marrow uh, i mean <clears throat> suck it abe. s that d there, uh, well the movie's only an hour 11 so yeah that's the other thing is it's short Mm -hmm. uh there's questions i have but i don't think you'll be able to answer them you can give a shot but like i don't think we'll i thought we did the most interesting questions about it i still want to know what that eater thing is and why like it's shot like sex uh Um, i made a note here barry bostwick the mayor from uh spin city is the voice of tear in the english (laughs) version (laughs) <laughs> that's really? all i got yep barry bostwick i didn't watch the english version did wild. any of you guys watch the english version or i watched watch the, the first half french with subtitles and then i switched to the dub version so i could experience a bit of both oh that was good that's weren't they're basically the same it's all good <laughs> i mean yeah my favorite part of this is that worm fight club uh we need to do that god that was now. so good they also one of the worms wins and then they like stab the other one. Yeah, yeah, they both got to die so that they can go yeah. steal food. I, yeah, I didn't understand why the winning. It's like if you had a dog fight and you shot both dogs in the head at the end, no matter who won or lost. I, yeah, well, I think it's less like a dog fight and more like like if you strapped badgers, where it's like, well, we they're both they both got to die. Because oh, we there's don't no, want like, this thing around afterwards anyway. I see. Yeah, where it's like it's it's not a domestic. Like making spiders fight in a jar. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I buy it. Only if the spiders were strapped. Great. Well, I now fully understand every aspect of La Planète Sauvage, (laughs) inside (laughs) and out. Thank you so much, David Christopher Bell. uh, The very yeah, the very few people who don't overlap between our two Patreons. Give them give them the infos. Yeah. Uh, wait, I I have to I give think, them. Info? I think you should. Yeah. I think Tom would want that. you to. That's what. Okay. Okay. Fine. Fine, <laughs> Tom. Uh, 
We have a Patreon, me, me and Tom Ryman, uh, called Gamefully Unemployed. Uh, you can check us out. We're on SoundCloud under uh, Story Mode because we made it confusing. But also you can go to our Patreon at patreon.com slash Gamefully Unemployed. And we have exclusive podcasts there like Tom and Jeff Watch Batman and Fox Mulder is a Maniac. That's that is it. confusing. Much Great like shows. Frame Rate, the show you're listening to now, which you can find by searching "small beans" on the iPods nice. on the iTunes Store. Uh, we well, also it's a network. Uh, yeah, this is great. We wanted it's to do a lot out. of stuff. We didn't want to just make one podcast. <laughs> All right, bye. bye, bye. Thanks again, Mind Freak. Five, five, five. This has been a Small Beans endeavor. We're a bunch of pals who make podcasts, sketches, music, web series, and movies. The Beans always have new ideas percolating, so make sure to check us out at patreon.com slash smallbeans. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash smallbeans, where you can browse all of our current and past content, see what we've got planned in the future, and learn how your support can help the Small Beans grow into huge, giant monster beans. If you enjoyed this content module, please like, rate, subscribe, or tell a friend about us. We love you.